Hi, I'm Dave Scott. I'm pastor of Crossway Community Church, and I want to welcome you. Crossway is a church simply committed to making disciples. We meet at 1501 Woodbury Road. It's off of Colonial and 408 in East Orlando. Come check us out. I look forward to meeting you. Let's go before the Lord so you commit this time to Him. Lord, we uh, thank you for all that we hear that you're doing. God, we are just so encouraged. God, and it just leads us to praise you, to worship you, to say how great you are, and Lord, to spread, want to spread your fame. Lord, we dedicate this time to you this morning here in the Word. We also want to lift up Crossway Kids and pray you continue to woo the hearts of the next generation to taste and see your greatness. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Crossway Kids is dismissed. Well, we're going to kind of start a new tradition here at Crossway. Uh, In November, we're going to be doing uh, an annual uh, kind of a a checkup, check-in, as a church, kind of a state-of-the-church sermon, Uh, really asking a couple questions, who we are as a church, um, where have we come from, and where are we going? And so we're taking a little bit of a break from the Gospel of John and our series there. And uh, this morning, uh, we're looking at the parable of the mustard seed, as Nancy read for us uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, what is the DNA of Crossway? How would you summarize who Crossway is? Uh, I know that uh, the DNA really is within all of us here. Um, because we embody uh, Crossway. The truth is the kingdom of God is an incarnational reality. It's not these chairs. It's not this building. It's not a sign. It's not a logo. It's who we are, right? And so it's been an incredible blessing and an adventure uh, and privilege for Donna and I to, to, uh, uh, to get to know who Crossway is and to be engrafted into this family. Uh, one of the reasons why is because we, we, we look at who you guys are and we say, you know, that's, that's who we want to be. That's who we, we are. That's who we, that you are us. We are each other, right? Um, but there are a few things that are, that are unique about Crossway. Um, if I were to sum it up in one word, it would be the word disciple. Keith and I and the elders uh, have been talking about this for quite a while. This has been in the crock pot, kind of trying to think about how do we articulate who we are as a church uh, intentionally uh, to find the right language around that. And if I were to sum it down to one word, I would say it's the word disciple. Uh, Two aspects. One is to be a disciple and to make disciples. And we talked about this this fall. We we're looking at the great commandment, right? There's two sides to discipleship, loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the overflow out of that, if you're going to do that, it also means loving your neighbor as yourself and helping other people to love God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. And so making disciples and being disciples, to be and make disciples. What are we about here? One phrase, to be and make disciples. That's what we're about uh, as a church. And... Uh, uh, and that, so that's really discipleship, right? Uh, I'll tell you that Donna and I, one of the things that drew us together as a couple, and it's really one of the foundations of, of our 
uh, marriage is not only our love for one another, and, I, and I'm, I continue to be more and more in love with Donna and who she is. But one of the things I loved about her that attracted me the most was her passion for discipleship and her commitment to the Great Commission, right? Uh, and, and this church is committed to the Great Commission. And, uh, and so this word discipleship is, is a word you, we, we talk about a lot here at Crossway. One of the things that's not really sp- often spoken about the word discipleship is it's a multivalent word. It has multiple meanings. They're all around the center core. Uh, it can mean one-on-one mentoring, 2 Timothy 2.2, kind of mentoring that changed my life, being discipled in college. Uh, for Donna, discipled, uh, her being discipled, training how to disciple others. That's one word of discipleship, that kind of uh, taking an active initiative in other people's lives. That's sometimes what we mean. But discipleship is also our heart journey, right? Um, it's uh, what Pilgrim's Progress talks about. It's we're all on a spiritual pilgrimage. It's the discipling of our hearts. Um, we need to disciple ourselves first. We need to be misdiscipled before you make disciples. Being comes before doing. Um, discipleship also uh, occurs more generally in uh, the ministry of the church. Uh, it, 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 through teaching, like sermons, are, are, are one mode of discipleship. Small groups is another mode of discipleship. Worship, we even were discipled to worship, we're discipled to prayer. So discipleship means multiple things, and especially for some of us who come from a specific organization, <laughs> we'll name nameless, Wind Build Send. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? Yes, I have. Uh, changed my life. Uh, yeah, you just, the discipleship is, is a little more complex than we sometimes use it. So we always have to talk about what form we're using. And the truth is, is that all those different uh, modes are going on, hopefully, in, in the life of a healthy church, hopefully here at Crossway. Um, what you guys, some of you may know about me, is I love sailing. Um, and I'm a sailor. I love boats. I've loved boats since I was, I don't even know why. Mom says, I don't know why, how you love boats since, since you came out of the womb. Uh, I, I told you the story about me praying for a boat. God gave me a 32-foot uh, cabin cruiser. That's a true story. Answer to prayer. Don't be careful telling your kids what they pray about. Uh, and uh, I had a poster in my room growing up of sailboats. I've always loved boats. This is me sailing across the Gulf of Mexico and back. This was a number of years ago, as you can see from the photo. Uh, <laughs> this is not my boat. It's, 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 it's especially fun when you, when you uh, sail other people's boats <laughs> and they pick up the tab. Uh, but so I... Uh, I have a, you know, I think a lot in terms of, of, of boats and sailing and sailboats. Uh, and really, uh, I think that the church uh, is a discipleship. Now, uh, if you, any of y'all just like to walk on around uh, marinas here in Florida, sometimes you just go and walk by the boats and stuff. And you see, you know, it's sometimes nice. You go out to eat or dinner and there's a marina there. Just One of the things you'll notice in Florida is most sailboats don't sail. They never sail. This is, this is a true fact. I, I would guarantee that probably 60, maybe even more percent of boats in Florida haven't been used in the last year. There's actually uh, an axiom in, in boating that the larger a boat is, uh, the less often it's used. And so um, you'll see these, and this is true of churches. Even though the church is a discipleship, most churches don't disciple. They do church. They're not intentionally, actively making disciples. And so it's one thing to know who we are, but it's another thing to say, okay, well, are we doing it? I know we all here agree. I don't have to have the sermon to persuade all of y'all to make disciples of what discipleship the Great Commission. I mean, we're all on the same page on that. 
But we need to make sure that that's what we're doing and that's what we're about because not all churches are. And we want to be a church that that's what we do. So Crossway is a discipleship, right? You know, how do, how do I think about that? Well, I think of it as, you know, here is this boat. Inside this boat are three people. My dad used to say that fellowship is three fellows in one ship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, a community, right? They're in this boat. Imagine them in this boat together. And they see us out there, and we're, we're lost. We're treading water. We're drowning. And what do they do? The Holy Spirit reaches down and grabs each one of us and pulls us into the boat, giving us eternal life, giving us a fellowship, which is a relationship with the Father. You remember when that happened to you, when the Holy Spirit reached down and grabbed you and pulled you into that boat, right? And now, our privilege, our blessing is to be able to grab other people and pull them into the boat. That is what discipleship is about. Going and finding people that are drowning and pulling them into this boat so they can experience what we're all experiencing here. And what we're experiencing in the fellowship that we have with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when we say crossways as discipleship, that's, that's the word picture that, I'm, that I think we need to look towards. But here I got a question for you. For us specifically, a lot of us are involved in the parachurch ministry, and I want you to think about this question through your lens. Am I choosing a church to go to in East Orlando? Or am I called to be the church in East Orlando? Now, I want to preach to you guys just a little bit. I am you, so we're, we're just talking, this is just us. We're talking about Donna and I are in parachurch ministry just like you are. You know, I've been in, I've been in crew since I was three years old from the child care to the president's office uh, internationally on campus, the Jesus film. Um, but, uh, and so I understand those challenges. One of the challenges of this church is uh, that a significant percentage of us are in full-time Christian work. That, that's a blessing. It means that we've got a lot of gifts here, which is amazing. Uh, but it also means that we've got challenges that we're, you know, we don't have a lot of margin, Right. I think one of the dangers of being in parachurch ministry is you can think that church is optional. I mean, I get great devotionals at work, in my office, on my team, right? I mean, we even have worship times. Uh, we're listening to Christian worship in the car, coming and going, podcasts. So what do we need this for? I mean, I'm busy. You're busy, right? I'm reaching people around the world. I'm seeing strategic ministry, ministry that has impact. And a lot of times, the church, by comparison, can sometimes seem like a bad bargain. I've been there. You've been there. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about from my own heart here. And so, one of the questions I think we have to ask is, is church just something optional that we add on? Is this an add-on to our life and our ministry? Or is this, in fact, an extension of our identity? Is this... Uh, 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 something that I need. And I'm going to argue that it's something that you need. It's not just about coming here and having good worship or good preaching or some friends. You need this in your own discipleship journey. This is very clear in the New Testament. You need to be a part of the body, a functioning part of the body. That's a part of your journey. You need it for your own uh, edification as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You need it to use your gifts. Using your gifts is a part of your spiritual journey. If you're not doing that, then you're stunted, right? Uh, you need it, and I need it, as well um, in, in, uh, in terms of community. 
you know, one of the challenges of being in ministry is, is, our, is the next generation. And Donna and I were just talking about this as we were at the crew picnic, the fall festival on Friday. We were just walking around and we we're talking. I'm, I am a crew kid, okay? And I have a special burn in. Donna was talking about she had had an appointment earlier in the week with a, with a, 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 a child or a, 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 someone who is a staff kid. And she was talking about that. And, you know, our burden is for our kids, right? Well, what I would tell people that are on staff over here at headquarters, and I don't know how many thousand are there, is you need to be in community. Your kid, this is, you, you need this kind of community. How do we make sure the next generation gets it? They have to see it. It has to be caught, not just taught. They have to see us in the community. It can't be something that's optional for us, right, that we go to if it's, if it's uh, you know, makes us feel good. They need to see us in organic, authentic, vulnerable community. So they can see that this is real. This is true. This isn't just something that my parents handed down to me. That I need this just as they need that. So am I choosing a church to go to in East Orlando? Or am I the church in East Orlando? Am I, are we volunteering to do church? Is that what this is about? Is that why you come to Crossway? Or are we called to be the church? You know, we were studying Ephesians. If you study the epistles of Paul, he always has his salutation. Here's the one in 1 Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus to the church of God in Corinth. Those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. This is a question of identity. Us doing church here. We are the church. Someone says, talk about leaving the church. You can't leave the church if you're in Christ. You are the church if you're in Christ. Now, you can do church to a more intentional or a less intentional degree. You can do it badly or you can do it well. But you are the church. That's what Paul says here. They're called to be his holy people. They are the church of God in Corinth. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from the Big Island and, and the massive movement of house churches there. And I was talk, we were with UCL Mylene and we were in their, in their home. We just experienced their house church. 15 people in their living room, but that's just one of 10,000. He's like, how does this happen? He said, it starts when you own the identity that you are the church for this neighborhood, for this block, for this street. God has called you to be the church here. Once you own that identity, then you have to unpack what does that mean that I am the church here, right? It's not about doing church. It's about us being the church. How do we be the church here in East Orlando, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, in, in the street that you live on and I live on, where we work, where we go to school? How can we be his holy people? To be and make disciples. We have to do both. We have to have intentionality on both. This can't be something that you just do nine to five. This isn't just your job if you're in vocational ministry. This is a holistic 360 degree identity. Being and making disciples. But it's not just about growing one church here at Crossway. We're talking about being and making disciples. We're talking about just growing one little local church. We're talking about growing a people discipleship movement. The church is a people movement. That's the vision here, right? We want to see lives multiplied. You know, and a lot of times I know we think in very human terms, you know, about the number of people that come here and sit here and the, and, and the offering and how many people come to Christ. And we, we look at these statistics. But the truth is it's about people. It's about one life multiplying in another life, lives being changed. But here's the thing. Every tree has seeds. Nancy read for us 
the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Every tree has seeds. Jesus is very clear about the trees that are fruitful and those that are not. We're, we're meant to abide in him so that we may bear much fruit. Every tree has seeds, right? That's the DNA, right? We talk about what is our DNA? To be and make disciples. And every seed is a forest. And every seed is a forest. Let's just say that you were arrested taken away and put in a concentration camp like David Little was. Could you grow the church of God there if it was just you? If you were the only church, could you grow a church of God for that concentration camp? Yes, because you have everything you need inside you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have all the DNA that you need. And hopefully you filled your mind with scripture, right? <laughs> and uh, God's manual, his, his uh, instruction manual, his uh, installation manual, but the truth is that every one of us, there's a forest inside of us. We can grow community that can be a place where other people can grow. Our lives can be places of spiritual hospitality. We can all uh, initiate and pursue spiritual conversations, spiritual friendships within our being intentional. That's why in every seed is a forest. This is an axiomatic truth of the Holy Spirit. And that is why... It's not about whether your church is big or small. It's not. It's about the who is living through us, right? The, the Holy Spirit. That's why it says here in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of God is like a mustard. It's the smallest of all seeds. Jesus said it's the smallest of all seeds. You know, where, where do we come from? Where's, where, let's just talk about this. Where, where's, you know, people say, well, Crossway's really small. Well, yeah, it is. It is really small. And sometimes, you know, we've kind of wondered, is it, is it, can it even go? Can it even, can it even live? Can it thrive? That's been an open question. Um, where have we come from? Well, it used to be you were pastorless. Didn't have a pastor. I'm not sure. You know, I feel incredibly uh, <laughs> limited. And uh, so don't put all that on me because I'm not sure how much I can deliver, but I'll, I'll bring the, my gifts to the table that I can. You were homeless. Didn't have a facility, right? Stuck on Saturday nights when Don and I first came here, right? It was, how in the world can we get on to Sunday mornings? You were trying to figure that out, how to work that out. And then once you got to, we got to Encore, then you had to set up every Sunday morning. We had set up because we were, we were in, in, in a mobile place. We were, Crossway was losing people. This is where Crossway was, right? But it says that about this kingdom of God, it starts small, but when it is grown, it is larger. When the kingdom of God is grown, it is larger. Uh, well, so what's happened here at Crossway? Well, let's just talk about strategic church momentum. I'm talking about organizational momentum, right? The church. Um, you had no pastor, now you have a pastor, right? Um, you had no building. You now have, God has given us use of a $1.5 million facility. That's what this is. That's what, we would have to have a building fund. We would have to buy the land to build. Even just this size square footage of a building would be a million and a half dollars. God has given it to us for very little. That is huge. That is amazing how God did that, Right? Um, you know, we, we were wandering. We went from one place to school to here on Saturday nights to Encore. But now we have a ministry base in the center of our mission field. This is where Crossway was started. This is where we've always been. This is where you live. And this is where God gave us a facility. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. 
We used to be you didn't have any visitors. We talk about it. How can we get visitors? How can we get people to come? We now have visitors. We have people coming on a regular basis here. That's amazing, right? Um, we had no new members. <laughs> we have new members. <laughs> the vote's a little questionable whether, we, whether we're going to accept it. <laughs> I'll do some lobbying. Alan. We'll, work, we'll work on that. Okay. Uh, we didn't have a senior ministry. Then we have Encore. We actually have another campus. We have an extension campus. This little church has an extension campus every Sunday, right? These are people nobody else is reaching. They need to be shared the gospel. They need to be discipled, right? They're no different than a youth group. Some people think, well, you've got to have a youth group. Well, you're going to forget about everybody over 55. We have an incredible ministry there. We've helped Woodbury. We've invested in another congregation to help them in church renewal. You've given them a pastor, they didn't have that. They didn't have anybody who check on them when they were in the hospital or call on them. They didn't have anybody who, who, who would do a funeral for them. And you blessed them with that. that he's, why, why are we blessed? We're blessed to be a blessing. Just saying. You didn't have any mission trips in the last several years that I know of. So now you've got an emerging missions partnership, right? This is movement. All of these things are movement. You know, I love Crossway and its commitment to missions, but checkbook missions is not the only way to go. We do need to put our money where our mouth is. We need to invest in other people who are full-time vocational missionaries. I love all of our missionaries. I, I think it's great that Hope and Jeff do a great job keeping them in front of us with the missionary month, but you can't be just in your budget. You have to, missions has to be something that you mobilize for, that you're involved in, that's incarnational right? And now we have that. Now we have a personal connection uh, uh, where, where we can go. Um, you know, Crosswood was really focused on church survival for the longest time, but you're now doing church multiplication. Churches have been planted in the last year on the big island because of y'all, because of investment that you made. When we went in, in, in May, we were going out doing evangelism with house churches, with their people. We were helping them multiply house churches in these communities. And we're talking seniors. I'm, I'm talking, you know, uh, Keith went out with a guy who was walking with a cane, a retired barber, to help him reach the people that he had a passion for in his neighborhood. This is what Crossway has done. That's movement. Uh, now let's talk about the building. Let's talk about the facility. Have y'all noticed anything different about the building in the last couple weeks? Anything last? Have y'all noticed something that's different? No? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Rennell has invested a lot of hard time and has given us some major audio improvements over the last year. And there's a whole team of people that are volunteering with that. And I know some of y'all served in that area for a long time, but we've been getting this up to speed. We're not there yet, but we've done a lot. That's one huge thing. Did y'all know the other Saturday we moved three tons of stuff? They measured it. They weighed it when it went through the dump. Three tons. That's movement. <laughs> that took a lot of sweat. That was really hard. We freed up four rooms. Four rooms now that are freed for ministry, for people to actually use, that were just filled with stuff. We have this. That's just, this is movement. We began a deep cleaning of this building. Uh, and uh, we cleaned the nursery from top to bottom. Hope and, and Roberta were in there. And, and, a, lot, and a lot of y'all served. And we prepped the building, uh, prepped the nursery to be able to paint it. And, and so we're, we're moving in that direction. And we've begun refreshing the building. 
Y'all notice some things different visually? You know, uh, uh, Tammy's gotten a real passion for what, what, what can we make this space look hospitable? How can we make it look welcoming? And so we're already thinking about that. We've engaged an interior designer who's going to be helping us. I'm going to take some pictures this morning and send it to her. We're going to think about, you know, the best paint scheme. You know, what about furnishings? How, what are the aesthetics that can make this an inviting place? Aesthetics that can make it a place that, that points us to, the, the, to God's presence. We removed three overgrown trees here. And if y'all think that's not a lot of effort, talk to Roy and Rex. Because <laughs> they pulled it all, all the way to the back. They work, they work like dogs. They were really faithful working. We've begun re-landscaping. We're trying to make the outside look hospital. Fripp spent a lot of time improving our security. We're being intentional about that. We've got training on that. If you don't think there's security, there is security here. We installed a security camera on the back because that was one of our vulnerabilities. Um, Jesus says, the kingdom of God starts small. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. The reason why he used this parable is that people think he's not the kind of Messiah they were expecting. And he's like, well, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm coming to plant a movement, a people movement. I'm not here just to start some, some you know, a political identity that then you can all stay, align power with that because that's what always happens in politics. No, he said, we're growing a people movement, but don't despise it because it starts small. If you talk to Keith about movements or talk to Donna, what would you rather have? A whole room full of people at the beginning, Keith? Or would you like to have one or two or three multiplying lives? The way you start a movement is not with addition. It never is. It's with multiplication, multiplying lives. Of course, and I, I talked about, I read this passage in Ezekiel for Christmas Eve, those who you guys who were here. Um, the passage is actually an indictment of Israel, that Israel uh, was proud and arrogant, but it didn't fulfill its calling. And that's where God says he's going to cut it down. He's going to take out of the top of Israel another sprig that he's going to plant on the high mountain of Israel that, in fact, is going to grow, and it's going to invite all different kinds of birds to come branching it. This is the nations, the vision that Israel never caught its mission to be a light to the nations. But he says there's going to be a new body, a holy people. He's talking about the church. This is why Jesus brings this up here in, in the Gospels in, in Matthew 13, where we're here. Um, but the same thing's true. This is a sequoia. It starts small. It's a sprig. It doesn't look like much, right? Um, but when it grows, Jesus says it's larger than all the garden plants, and it becomes a tree so that the birds of air come and make uh, nests in its branches. In the Mark passage, in the, in the message, here's what it says. It says, how can we picture God's kingdom? It's like a pine nut. When it lands on the ground, it's quite small as seeds go. Yet when it's planted, it grows into a huge pine tree with thick branches. And eagles nest in it. This is the vision of the kingdom of God. This is what we're growing. It's not really about growing church. It's about growing the kingdom of God. But church happens in the process, right? So we, really, it's about growing lives. So let's talk about discipleship mode men. If we're really about disciple. If we're about being and making disciples, what's our momentum there? I want you to think of your personal growth in the last year. Where has God stretched you in the last year? Where has he taught you in the last year? Where has he grown you in the last year? Personal growth equals people moving towards Jesus. 
all of us have taken steps to follow Jesus in the last year. That's momentum because it's about growing lives. About grow- First of all, you have to grow yourself. This is the church fulfilling its mission, right? All of us, <laughs> Hebrews 10, exhorting one another to love and good words. That's why we don't neglect the assemblies of ourselves together. That's what we're talking about. That's movement, and that's happened here at Crossway. All of us have had gospel conversations. Your neighbor, me at, at Circle K, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nancy shared about somebody on, on the airplane the other day. Different ones of you have shared different conversations. Amy shared about a conversation she had. Uh, you know, Fripp shared about a conversation he had at shooting club and another one at, at, his, uh, at his ham radio club. All these conversations equal people moving towards Jesus. Anytime God gives you an opportunity for a conversation like this, know it. The Holy Spirit is at work or he would never have brought you to that conversation. He's moving people. Now, we may not see them cross the finish line, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not moving, that, that, the, Spirit, that, the, whole, that the kingdom of God isn't growing. All those gospel conversations are seeds, right? Those are leaven that's growing the lump. And we're seeing as a result of this, we're actually seeing neighbors move towards Jesus. We've seen that happen in this last year. All of us in having conversations, specifically discovering hope, which Nancy and Keith did. We, through that, they saw people move to Jesus. And they've also seen, as a result of that, people move towards Crossway through discovering hope. Um, you know, personal discipleship. There have been several of y'all in here that have been having intentional, multiplying, uh, uh, more mentoring type relationships. And that's helping move people towards Jesus. Um, Forge, uh, with our men's Bible study, has been incredible seeing men take steps of growth towards Jesus. And I praise God for that. Um, I really do. Um, it says, so the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. See, you can eat, what, what can you do with seed? You can eat seed for yourself. You can fill yourself, right? Or you can plant it like a farmer does. In order to have a harvest. The same thing's true. We could come to church here just to consume. We could do it just for ourselves. We could have a little Christian country club, a holy huddle. We could all hold hands and make each other feel better and not really have an impact in the lives around us or here in East Orlando or make a difference. We could just have the kind of church that we all want, right? And feel good and pat ourselves on the back. But it's not about eating the seed ourselves. It's about planting the seed so that it has a multiple impact, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. But redwoods only grow and multiply in a specific soil. Now, some of y'all hear me sometimes talk about my best friend James. He's a dentist in North Carolina. He's also a tree farmer. And I was with him, and he was talking about different soils for tree farms. There's actually a thing called a site index, where a forester comes in and gives a site index on the soil. It's a grading of the soil for its ability, the quality uh, of its ability to grow trees. And, and land that has a higher site index is worth a lot more as a tree farm than land that has a low site index, because they know over time it's going to grow less timber. So the soil is important. We have to nurture a culture here where discipleship can grow, where we can grow being disciples. That, that include, we have to be authentic in our culture. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be real. And making disciples, equipping people how to do that. How do we do that? What's our soil? We talk about being better together. That's a phrase. We feel like net, 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 bottom line, ROI, we're better together. But it comes down to really three basic things. Jesus told us that we need to love God and each other, right? 
That's the beginning of it. That's the bottom line. He said in, in uh, Matthew 28 that we need to make disciples of all nations. And in Ephesians, he says that we need to fulfill the calling that God has given us, the design that he's given us, the work that he made in you. He designed in you for all the creation. He said, walk in those good works that I called you to do. These are really three things. Loving God and others, making disciples, finding and fulfilling your calling. That's who we as a church want to help equip you to do. This is the soil. These are the main nutrients. You know, like you go to Lowe's and you see the, the fertilizer and it's 10, 10, 10, right? Well, these are, these are the main ingredients that we really want to focus and grow on. You know, we have different environments that we do that. We have the environment of worship. We have the environment of mission. We have the environment of community. We have the environment of scripture. We have the environment of prayer. And we're here to help you to, through these in, being intentional and in these environments to grow your life, to help you be and make disciples. So when I think of next year, 2024, next year of our, our life as a church, and we're at 2024 is coming, in case you hadn't noticed, be working on your Christmas list because because uh, uh, it's here. Um, what's about the year ahead? We need to be intentional. That needs to be our word. We need to be an intentional church. We need to be intentional on a lot of different ways. Four different relationships. Our relationship with God, of course. Enjoying God up, the vertical relationship, right? With one another. We need to be intent continue to be intentional, growing in our love for one another. Paul's very clear that he goes over a hundred times, he goes back over that. Practical ways we need to do that. We need to be intentional growing ourselves, growing personally, growing spiritually, keeping ourselves on our own journey. And we need to be intentional in our relationship with the world, blessing the world, blessing everyone we have in contact with. The Old Testament missional word is bless. I blessed you to be a blessing. There are a lot of different ways we can bless. It's not just handing out the four spiritual laws. In the 70s, I remember my dad, my dad was a passionate evangelist. He'd share with anything that breathed. And he would, he would take the four spiritual laws with a dollar bill, wrap it up with a rubber band and throw it out the window at hitchhikers. He called them gospel bombs. They're gospel bombs. Well, yeah, that's not the only way to bless people, okay? You can, there's a lot of ways you can bless people, like Jim blessing people with his pumpkin bread uh, and, 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 and Carol's apple butter. You, you, there's a lot of ways you can bless people and be a blessing, like, like the way Hope blessed the community and people that were here through the, through the craft show. But we need to live intentionally in these main values. And these are the values of Crossway. They haven't changed. We talked about them this morning. Worshiping God in all we do. Being transformed by the Bible. Being a biblical church. Living prayerfully. Being a prayerful church. Pursuing each other relationally. Being intentional about that. Mobilizing for missions near and far. These are our main values. But it's really it's not just values about how we bless four different things. Our families, our workplaces, our neighbors, and the world. So this is the intentionality. This is who we as Crossway are going to be trying to be intentional strategically to grow these things. And we already are. And that's why it's said here in Ezekiel, and, and uh, uh, Nancy read the passage. He says, I will take a sprig from the lofty type of the cedar. That's the, that's the nation of Israel. I will set it out. That's the Messiah. I will break it off from the topmost of its young twigs, a tender one, right? A tender shoot, the shoot of Jesse. And I will plant myself on high and a lofty mountain. It goes on and it says, and the same thing it says in Matthew 13, and under it will dwell every kind of bird. 
I was talking to Jim about this, and he's, he, was, he was reading this, some, some commentaries. He said, well, some commentators think that in Matthew, when he talks about the birds being nests, he's talking about distractions from the kingdom of God. You know, like, don't let a bird nest grow in your hair. Kind of thing. I don't know. what, But that's not what it means. Scripturally, what it means is talk about the nations coming, a place of hospitality, right? A spiritual home, a place of belonging. And so, uh, and, you know, we're talking about every kind of bird. Right? A diversity. We as a church need to be a diverse community because all birds should flock here and we're seeing more diversity. And we want to be a place that, that does that, a place that welcomes everybody. We need to be intentional with hospitality. Three things. My life, that my life is a hospitable place, a place that welcomes other people. My home, thinking strategically how we use our, home as a ministry, our houses as a ministry tool. And our church, how do we be hospitable here? Because we're really this kind of tree that, that, that Ezekiel's talking about, that Jesus is talking about. We want to be a place where people can come and make nests, whether that's uh, uh, local people here, students, Asian Americans, uh, whether there's suburbanites, retirees, right? A blue collar, white collar, no collar, uh, Republicans, Democrats, uh, uh, Latinos, Hispanics, Caucasians, the parachurch. The de-churched, the unchurched, right? All different kind of birds can come in. Retirees, uh, youth, children. Um, this is, but the key to this is it's a place of hospitality. That's the image. But sequoias uh, only grow in a hospitable community. Do you know that? You won't find a sequoia growing by itself. They're in groves. That's why you go out to the redwoods. It's in one place because they grow corporate. They do communally. The same thing's true. Our lives need to grow. And we would be more likely to live hospitable lives if all of us are aligned in that same direction. We can encourage each other. So our leadership culture has to be defined by a discipleship heart commitment to hospitality. That my life is not about myself. Is for more than that. I want to invest it for more than that. Not just my nine to five ministry. I'm talking about the whole of my life, all my relationships that God's entrusted me with. We are better together. So, um, what's one practical uh, application of this for the year coming ahead? How we can be intentional? We need Sunday morning to have intentionality in terms of a first impressions hospitality team. We need to prepare here for guests to come, spiritual guests. We need to make this a hospitable place. We could just keep going like we are, where we don't walk in, we don't change anything, and, you know, we could all sleep in later, and we not get sweaty on Sunday morning, and it, we could continue our holy huddle. Or we can pr prepare to be more intentional about, okay, what would somebody who's walking in here never knowing anything, what's their first impression? What do they think of when they're walking in the door? Is anybody greeting them? Are there any signs that begin to tell them who, who is here? We've started this, but we need more interior signage. We need, uh, I would really like a team to begin to set this place with, with aesthetics that communicate who we are as a church. But that takes a team. I can't do that. This whole mission, just, Dave cannot pull all this off, guy. If you think by the fact that you got a pastor that somehow I'm going to pull this rabbit out of its hat, I can't. I don't have the, I'm not, I'm not omni-gifted. I'm not omni-capable. I'm not omni-competent. 
And I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have all the energy to do all that. I wish I could. I wish I could be that. I wish I could be the silver bullet, but I'm not. But what I can be is a catalyst, right? To call us together as a team. And so this is just one place practically so that we need to develop a team. Would you consider helping form a Sunday morning first impressions team? Now, this isn't all of it. It doesn't need all of us to do this here, but some of us need to come early to help make this happen. So that people will walk in and say, wow, you know, this is people that expected me to come. Um, but also financially, how do we need to do that? Well, we need about another thousand dollars of audio equipment. We, we need a hard wire between here and here. It's currently not. It's, it's wireless. And that's why I can't run video off this unless I do it off my laptop up here because it literally won't, won't hold the bandwidth. And so we'd like to have a projection screen to get this smaller. This is too small visually. We need to have a screen from up here and project so that all of us can see. And as this room fills up, right, people get farther and farther towards the back so that they can be able to read the words for the music and the sermon. We need to do a new website. I've been working, I've reworked the website to the extent that I can, but it's very limited. And so we're going to have to go back and start with scratch. We're going to need a new website to communicate who we are visually with intentional design elements, but that's going to take about $1,000. And we need a first impressions here. Tammy's got a real vision for you know, how can we create a space here that's loving, that's inviting, that's warm, that looks lived in. That includes furnishings. That means more internal signage, right? There's more improvements that need to happen to a building. Um, so I'm just, this takes money to do this. We're going to need to make an investment. And I said we need a new website. Would you consider, so here's my question. Would you consider Crossway in your end of your giving? Now, I know all of y'all are committed to giving. I know that you've got a lot of causes that you partner with. That's amazing. I think that's fantastic. I'm just saying this year, would you be willing to invest some of that here at Crossway, right? For us to plant some seed in the ground, for us to be more intentional here for a greater harvest. This is, that's just something, something to pray about and consider. Um, but also, we need your talents and your time. Would you help grow a multiplying force? Bring your, your gifts to bear. Maybe your gifts aren't in terms of hospitality and helps and set up to help us do that. Maybe it's in some other area. That's great. Yeah. We need a team. We need to be more intentional as a team. And so would you be willing to do that? Um, and I know pretty much everybody here serves. It's not a question that we're not here serving. Um, but I'm just saying that for us to see a greater harvest, we're going to have to up our game a little bit. We can't just sit back on our haunches and be comfortable with kind of what we're, we've always done. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. And so we need to make a little bit greater investment. We got to do this without burning ourselves out, though. And so that's this balance. How do we make it doable, right? So church has to be lean. That's one of my commitments. What does that mean? Well, it means, you know, that we need to do things that have the greatest return and, and figure out, okay, what can we do today? Now, will this only be in stages? This isn't going to happen you know, all tomorrow, next week. It's going to be slowly over time. This building is, is not, people are like, well, you know, why didn't it all look? But well, we had, you know, Salvation Army had to come get it and they only come on Saturdays and it takes time. I think it's just going to take weeks. You know, we're eventually we'll paint, and then we'll, we'll think about flooring. And you know, so it's going to be in stages. But it takes a team to do this. I know that you guys are all committed, or you wouldn't still be here. You had lots of opportunities and reasons you could have left. It's not the easiest church to go to, right? No. But God's doing something special here at Crossway. Every tree has seeds. 
and every seed is a forest. That's what's going on on the Big Island. It's just multiplication, people multiplying their lives. And it's as Jesus, I mean, it's as uh, uh, um, uh, Nancy read from Ezekiel. Hang on a second, let me find it real quick. It's cut off in my notes. Um, I want to read this because I want to close with this. And then we're going to have, um, we're going to have uh, the Lord's Supper here together. Um, Listen to this, the words of what Jesus says, or what, what Ezekiel the prophet says here in uh, his prophecy. He talks about planting this sprig, right? It's going to produce fruit. It's going to become a noble cedar. It says, all of the trees shall know that I am the Lord. Why are we doing this? So does everybody know David's a great pastor? No, amazing teacher? Well, he's not so much sometimes. We all are the hip crowd that are going to the next coolest church. No, that they shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree. I make the high, the low tree high. I dry up the green tree. I make the tree, the dry tree flourish. Last phrase, I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it. It's not about us doing it. It's about the Lord doing it. He can do it through us. And so that's a little bit who we are and where I can see God taking us and some, some necessary steps for us. But this is a, a team effort. And, and uh, just I want to tell you, I just love being a part of this team. I love all your, your, your self-sacrificial spirits. This church this is a church that sweats. <laughs> it is. That isn't afraid to roll up its, its sleeves. And, uh, and so I commend you. God's, there's fruit that's happening. There's a return on that investment. God's doing some really neat things through this. You know, it all comes back to the gospel, right? We're a gospel community because we want to live gospel lives so that we have gospel impact. What's at the heart of that? Jesus said, and, or Paul said in 1 Corinthians as he reflected back on it as we come here to the table. He says, I received from the Lord, but I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. The kingdom of God is like yeast when it's worked all the way through the dough, right? That's what the kingdom of God is. It's like, he says, he took the bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're going to, um, and then, well, and then he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thanks for joining us today and listening to this message from Crossway Community Church. Once again, we meet at 1045 on Sunday mornings at 1501 Woodbury Road, which is just off Colonial and 408 in East Orlando. Come check us out. I'll see you then.